Preventing suicide is one of our society's most significant challenges. That's why the Flint Hills Volunteer Center has developed this Suicide Awareness Pact podcast. Pact stands for Prevention, Awareness, Compassion, Training. The Suicide Awareness Pact podcast will feature personal stories and professional perspectives. This series is partly funded by the Kansas Department for Aging and Disabilities Services, AmeriCorps Seniors, and the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Our mission is to touch hearts and provide hope amidst despair. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share them with those you know that are seeking help and a positive outlook. Our website and contact information are included in the show notes. Lori Bishop, in our work here with the Suicide Pact podcast, we have so many neat opportunities, and we're going to explore one today with our two guests. Yes. Um, you know, we've made a lot of progress uh, this this past two years, and right now we're at a stage where I am really excited, and, and we have two members here from our task force, um, and, and they're going to tell you about uh, a new project uh, that we're going to be doing. First, I'll introduce Julie Gibbs. She's the director of the Roddy County Health Department, and Julie, you and Sherry and I have been working really closely on a new uh, grant, and do you want to tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, this grant is through KDADS. Um, we applied for it and we're fortunate enough to be able to, uh, we applied for full funding. We received the full funding plus a little bit more. And that is hardly ever the case. And so we are very excited that we were able to receive this funding for our area. Unfortunately, it's only a one-year grant, but we'll do as much as we can in that one year. Um, we are hiring ambassadors to be able to deliver presentations. So they'll be trained on how to deliver these presentations to different groups who uh, require these presentations. So that's a big part of our grant. Another big part of the grant is to deliver an assessment to the community through a survey, which we have out right now. Um, actually, that just came out this morning from our PIO. Vivian sent that out um, in a uh, news release to tell a little bit about the grant, why we're doing this, and what the assessment is for. It's a quick survey, only five or 10 minutes, but it's a way for us to assess the community to determine where the areas of need are, the areas of greatest need are, and to determine what's being done and what needs to be done still in our community. So that's a big part of this grant. Um, so again, we're, we're excited that we received this funding. We have a year to spend this funding. We'll have no problem doing that and we'll make the best of what we can do and hopefully sustain our efforts too for future. Right. And, and for those that are interested, KDAD stands for Kansas Department of Aging and Disability Services. So I uh, want to get that, that plug out to them. Uh, and you mentioned the survey. Uh, I know you have that on your Raleigh County Health Department Facebook page. Uh, we put it on our Flint Hills Volunteer Center page. And we do want everyone to uh, get online and uh, take that survey. Yes, it'd be great if we can get um, get a lot of responses from that survey. So far, as of this morning, we have about 134 responses. Well, that's so great. Far, yeah, so, yeah, that's good. So um, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the ambassadors? I, I think this is a, a, a great uh, program, and it's an, an opportunity to, and, and all along we've said, just to have that conversation, get that conversation going. So you want to tell them a little bit about uh, what our ambassadors would be doing? Sure. So you can apply to be an ambassador if you're interested in delivering presentations. Um, you can apply and get paid a stipend, um, or you can apply as a volunteer. And to do that, you can visit the Flint Hills Volunteer Center website uh, to apply for to be an ambassador. Uh, we currently um, have quite a few ambassadors that we have lined up, and they're going through a training actually this Saturday. So they'll be trained to deliver these presentations to the community upon request. 
Yeah, I, I I like that and and the interest that we have. I think we're kind of on a waiting list now for those that would like to be a, a, an ambassador. And you know, if this goes over really well, like I know it's going to, uh, I, I think there'll be other future opportunities that we'll uh, continue that. But um, and, and we have another person with us today that uh, is going to help us uh, with that training. Uh, we have Sherry Lagrange Olick. She is a licensed clinical psychologist and uh, has been working really really long hours with both Julie and I so that we can get this uh, PowerPoint presentation and training together. So uh, Sherry, tell us a little bit about your interest in this program, uh, why this excites you that we're doing this, and then what you're going to be doing as part of this uh, training. Well, I think it couldn't come in a more timely manner as the suicide rates in Kansas and across the nation are coming and rising and um, people are just becoming more aware of mental health issues and speaking about it more. And so we want to be able to get ahead of things and be getting ahead of issues that uh, and identify when people are struggling and be able to reduce stigma and be more comfortable with having those conversations with people that we care about or even strangers that we meet that might be in distress. Um, and I'm just really passionate about reducing the rates of suicide and being able to reduce the 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 uneasiness that people feel around being able to ask the questions or be able to have those conversations with with people in our community to get them to the help that they need. Yeah, and you know we've had this conversation uh, so many times that uh, people that have listened to these podcasts. Um, I, I think that was our is and has been our success is that we've engaged in this conversation and I think we're making it so that we try to avoid and help all areas uh, whether you're a, a veteran a student an elderly person uh, someone with depression addiction whatever the case may be I think in our podcast we've covered a lot of those and that's the goal is to break down that barrier of the stigma and I, I think um, so tell us a little bit about what this training is going to be like. Well, the training is really designed to help people feel more comfortable understanding the levels and the severity of suicidal thoughts, because at some point in time, everybody has some degree of feeling like, ugh, I'd be better off dead, all the way to where somebody might be actively planning or thinking that they'd like to take their life because they might feel like they're a burden to somebody or that they feel very socially isolated or they don't really find meaning and purpose in their life anymore. Um, so we want to be able to identify the difference between somebody who might just be having intrusive thoughts or having something that makes them feel uncomfortable about not wanting to live versus somebody who might be in that danger zone of feeling suicidal are being at risk for harm. Um, so the training will be able to um, help people understand the difference between that, just um, someone who's passively thinking about it or um, being bothered by ideation but not at risk versus someone who is in danger. Also, it will allow people who attend the training in community organizations or businesses to explore their own personal barriers to stigma and societal stigma. What's getting in the way of being able to engage in somebody that might be distressed or, or, you know, providing comfort to someone or being able to ask them or help them to get to the place that they need, whether it be pastoral care or talking to a clergy person or getting resources to a therapist or whether you need to go to the ER right away. You know, how do you bridge that gap between just saying, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Versus what are the steps to get to where you need to go? 
The other day, Sherry, we had uh, one of our guests in, Samantha Brown, who's with the USD 383 School District, and part of the task force also. And she talked about, uh, you know, the the kids and some of the challenges that they are facing. And not just, you know, the thoughts, but also how to express their thoughts and their concerns. You know, you go through all these different things, and, and one of the things that she said that stood out to me was that it, it seems like everybody at everybody at some point, has these thoughts that just dance around, dance around in their heads, but they may not just sit there. They, some are fleeting, but some, and I know for me, it's stuck with me for a while. So when someone comes to you, regardless of age, do you have a perspective that of response that you have when they say that, hey, I'm really struggling here? What's the basis for me to move forward? Right, absolutely. And that's what this training is all about. Um, being able to not just identify the risk factors and know not just when people are saying something to you, but what their behaviors are, what are some signs to look for, because not everybody has the ability to say, hey, I'm having these suicidal thoughts. So certainly we have it broken down and we call it like we're going to make a pact to act. We're going to act upon identifying risks and warning signs, knowing what to do. And if certainly this is kind of over a lunch and learn or a one hour presentation to the community, we're not going to turn everybody into therapists. It's kind of like CPR. Like we're going to tell you what to do when someone's in emotional distress to be able to sort of identify as someone having a heart attack. What do we need to do to get somebody okay until the professionals can come in, right? So it's a three-step process. We're going to learn and practice how to ask that question. There's a huge myth out there that if you ask someone, hey, are you, you know, thinking about killing yourself or you, you know, thinking about dying or, you know, are you thinking about ending your life that we're going to plant that idea in their mind? And it's actually the exact opposite. As soon as you ask that question, the person just has this relief. It's such an invisible wound, right? If someone had a broken arm and they're walking around and their arm's broken, we'd be like, you know, you might want to get to the doctor or <laughs> go to the hospital. And no one would think twice about it. It's it's a physical wound. But these emotional wounds, somehow there's the stigma that we don't want to talk about. It's taboo. We don't want to talk about suicide, right? Ooh, we're going to make somebody do it. And it's the exact opposite. As soon as some, that question's asked, a lot of times people will just cry or they have the sense of relief like, oh my gosh, I have been carrying this around on my heart for so long. And I feel like nobody noticed. Nobody cared, right? So if we start to approach the suicidality like the same as someone had a broken arm, we just need to get them to the doctor or to someone if they have a broken heart or their soul is hurting. Like, just get them to the professionals. Like, we're, we're there. The psychologists, the, the clinical social workers, like all of the mental health professionals here, there's so many wonderful caring professionals that can help. And it really often doesn't take, like, long-term care it just can sometimes take one person. I think one of the things that I know that this has affected me where people have come up and, you know, they've noticed that, Dave, you don't seem quite like yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and I know people come up to others and say, hey, what's going on? Is there something I could do to help? And it's difficult for some people to make this transition from, okay, here's someone who's really trying to invade my space and that of, hey, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. I want to be able to help you. I want to know your answers so that I can help you possibly get some care that you may need. And that, I think, is a difficult transition for some people who are really struggling. It's a great barrier to getting people to who might be, might be suicidal. 
that one step is why we're doing this whole thing is to give people the the ability to come in and practice and learn how to bridge that gap between like i said are you okay like you seem a little down and, and just be feeling comfortable and role playing and practicing asking saying like you seem really down but i'm just wondering are you having thoughts of suicide and if someone's not they're gonna be like heck no <laughs> no i'm good <laughs> but thanks for asking right and if they are a lot of times then you're given that opportunity to save a life if you don't ask the question they may go home and the next day you find out like they're not living anymore and it really is um, an opportunity for us to really stop the rates of suicide and i think that julie could probably address like they're 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 rising like it's especially in our rural population like in kansas i think yeah um, julie you have some statistics on that right Yeah. And what's more alarming is just, you know, not only the fact that our rates are rising here in Kansas and nationwide, but also the statistics that come along with that. Um, The fact that, you know, this is the 12th leading cause of death in America right now, but it's the second leading cause of death for ages 20 to 34. So that's a target population for us right there. Um, Also, we know that men died by suicide three point times. 3.9 3.9 times more often than females, another target group right there. Um, also, it's a, a problem in, for veterans. Um, veterans are usually 1.5 times higher um, in suicide rates than, than others. And most alarming for me was the fact that 90% of those who died by suicide had a diagnosable mental health condition at the time of their death. So it can be preventable if we get people the help that they need sooner. Also, we found out that 72% of communities in the United States did not have enough mental health providers to serve residents in 2021. So that's alarming right there, just knowing that more than half of our population doesn't have adequate mental health services to provide um, for our our residents. Um, Specifically here in Riley County, our numbers um, are trending up in the last three years, according to KDHE's age-adjusted years of life lost to suicide. Um, We're still below the Kansas average, but Kansas itself is within the the top third. Um, So only 13 states are higher than us um, for suicide rates. Um, Many factors contributing to this, of course, are mental health, the lack of mental health resources in the communities, along with our poverty rate here in Riley County and our substance use rates, um, which are trending up as well. So I know I just threw a lot of numbers at you, but those are very alarming statistics. Well, one of the things that we uh, had discussed when you talked about the lack of mental health um, care uh, was the cost involved with that. And and is that preventing some from seeking that help because they can't afford to go, you know, to therapy and stuff. And that's where we got to really work hard to, to turn that around. Absolutely. Yeah. And there are a lot of resources, as Sherry mentioned, here in the community. It's just a matter of finding those resources. And so that's where, um, you know, family members, friends can help. If they have someone in need, they can definitely help to research that. I think one of the things that is very alarming to me, and I think all the four of us have a bit of a rural background, is, you know, people that are in agriculture primarily on the farm. And there are so many pressures right now with weather and how they, how many uh, ranchers and people to deal with livestock are eliminating their herds because they don't have the capacity to feed or water them because of the drought. And, you know, there's all kinds of financial pressures that someone in agriculture has. And this is another arena that I don't think gets enough attention. Yet there are resources for people that are dealing with some of the challenges in, in, in the agricultural community. 
Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That's, um, that doesn't um, get enough attention, and it really should because that's an area of focus as well um, that we need to do more for, that we need to reach out more to. So, um, yeah, there's, there's no quick answer to that. But I think, again, it's just a matter of friends and family helping as much as they can to research what needs to be done. And, and really just the first step is, is asking them if they're okay. Um, and that's all part of this presentation and what we're trying to do. And part of our outreach is to go to some of the organizations that are engaging in rural communities and going to some of the small towns and churches and being able to talk to people who live in rural communities. And I do telehealth. I have sat with someone in a tractor and we're doing cognitive behavior therapy and we're talking about working through these issues and finding solutions to take away that feeling of social isolation or dealing with like my kids don't want my farm and I don't want to sell out to big monocultures. Like, how are we going to work with the succession issues and being able to not feeling so isolated or burdensome or being able to find new possibilities in life and to looking at growth opportunities rather than feeling stuck or trapped. So with the the telehealth expansion has really been able to help with that outreach because um um, therapists can practice anywhere in the state of Kansas. So that rural um, part and also us just being able in Riley County to go out to some of our rural populations and do this, how to ask the question, right? And re re remove that stigma and to be able to teach people, everybody, just to how to ask that question to get someone to someone. I kind of feel like someone's stuck in the mud hole. We need to grab onto someone and grab onto someone and grab onto someone else and, and all support each other and lifting someone out of that depression um, and get the help that people need rather than leaving people all up in their head thinking all these thoughts one of the things i think is intriguing um, from a difficult perspective is that there doesn't seem to be an age group a gender um a professional a faith aspect that is not touched oh, exactly by suicidal thoughts Oh, absolutely. But nobody wants to talk about it. And yeah, that's yeah. why we need to do this. We've got this pact to act, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to learn how to ask the question. We're going to learn how to care for people without having to be anxious and freaking out all inside about feeling like we have to fix the whole problem, right? Just like CPR, we're just going to do what we can do until the professionals can come in. Like a lot of times with suicidality, we figure like, oh my gosh, we've got to fix this. Like, no, just like the person with a heart attack, like, like we didn't cause the heart issues and we didn't cause our, the emotional issues with someone who might be suicidal or in crisis either, but we just need to learn what to do until the professionals can arrive or until we can get them to the professionals, right? Yeah, and, and our the whole purpose of this grant and the ambassadors and, and bringing Sherry on board and what we're doing is to go out and do a presentation. So if any of our listeners uh, are, are listening to this and, uh, you know, representing a business an organization, a church group, whatever, uh, we want to reach that market. Uh, you know, it's a great opportunity for businesses that we can talk to your employees, you know, hospitals, schools, whatever. Uh, Churches. Julie, yeah. Uh -huh. 
and uh, Julie, we had uh, talked about that, um, you know, the process of, of uh, writing this grant. And, and, you know, we're so thankful to uh, uh, KDADS uh, for this. Um, and, and one of the things in the training, um, you had worked with uh, Vivian and uh, we recorded actually live videos that will be incorporated in that. Do you want to tell a little bit about that? Yeah, we worked hard on those videos um, that we'll, we'll incorporate into our um, presentations. So that's a way of tailoring our presentations depending on which group we're going to be attending. So um, anyone can request this presentation. We actually encourage groups to request this presentation is for everyone, but we'll tailor it depending on um, who, your, who our audience is. And of course, we will have the information, the links and such in our show notes for the podcast. I just, um, I'm really excited. I've had such a uh, great time working uh, with the two of you. You know, when we started this a couple of years ago, I, I approached Dave about this due to, you know, my trauma dealing with uh, my son's death. And um, it's just so much has changed within uh, the, the two years. And, and this has been a great healing process for me and all the people that I've met uh, in between. And we've got some great people coming up again to do the podcast and we're almost going to hit every market that we can think of, whether it's an age group or whatever. I think we've just done a really good, good job of, of targeting it. And one of the things when Sherry had talked about earlier, um, I, I remember a couple years ago when we did a training, maybe it's been three years now, um, for teens. And I, I remember a parent was not wanting their child to come because they thought we were going to give that child ideas of how you can uh die or kill yourself and so that's what we really want to get across is this like parents need to recognize those signs people need to do away with the stigma and be free that we can talk about this and not judge not judge anybody I, it just breaks my heart to see when something's on uh, on the news or on Facebook that's, that someone died then everybody's on there making comments you know and stuff and it's like you don't know how that affects the family uh, you know and, you, and, and we're not here to judge anyone and I, I'm hoping that we can get that across during all of this too. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a great way to raise awareness and um, educate the community. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us here on the uh, Suicide Pack podcast. We just uh, are very fortunate that we have people like you that are working in the community on behalf of the members of the community and and giving us a better understanding of, um, you know, what we have the capacity to do and still fulfill other needs that may come along. Yes, thank you, Julie and Sherry. I'm really looking forward to where we're going with this, and, and thank you for being on our task force, too. Thank you. We hope you or someone you love will benefit from this series. If you need help, reach out to the many resources that are available and those that are listed in the show notes. The Flint Hills Volunteer Center's Suicide Awareness Pact podcast series is partly funded by the Kansas Department for Aging and Disabilities Services, AmeriCorps Seniors, and the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share them with those you know that are seeking help and hope.